Hello and welcome to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Don Hibbard. And I'm Courtney Bronze. And each week we bring you conservation topics and events from around the Endless Mountains. So this predator's nighttime forays into the barnyard or the chicken coop and his taste for venison quickly earned the scorn of settlers and they declared war. Pennsylvania Bobcats Bounty began in 1819 where they offered a measly $1 for an adult and 25 cents for young. But by 1923, adult Bobcats bounties reached $15 for adults until 1938 when the bounty was removed. That was taken from an excerpt from a book, Bobcat, The Master of Survival by Kevin Hansen. In 1938, the bounty was removed, but at this point, more than 7,000 bobcats were killed for bounty in that 22-year stretch. Unfortunately, bobcats remained unprotected and were widely persecuted until classified as a fur bear in 1970. This reclassification empowered the Pennsylvania Game Commission to set regulations to manage bobcat populations. The populations have continued to expand throughout the Commonwealth since 1970, and a limited number of bobcats are harvested by hunters and trappers um, each year under a highly conservative management program. So let's jump into a couple of bobcat facts. So the bobcats are known as the bay lynx, the wildcat, the red lynx, or the swamp tiger. The bobcat is Pennsylvania's only feline predator. So the bobcat's mainly nocturnal, but sometimes venture out during the day. And although they are colorblind, and they actually only see in gray, their large eyes are well adapted to see in the dark. Their pupils are slit-shaped rather than round, so this allows them to open wide to admit light, so they see well in the dark. So maybe you're asking, what do bobcats eat? So bobcats uh, enjoy small animals such as mice and wood rats, shrews, squirrels, chipmunks, birds, and even rabbits. Uh, they all make up the majority of their diet. Bobcats are opportunists. They'll eat the remains of porcupines, mink, muskrats, skunks, and fish have also been found in their stomachs. Occasionally, they'll take a weak, sick, or crippled deer, but bobcat predation has little or no effect on PA deer populations. They are strict carnivores. So the scientific name of the bobcat is Lynx rufus, and of course the bobtail gives the bobcat its name. Adult bobcats in Pennsylvania can weigh anywhere from 18 to 24 pounds, with some of the larger males getting up to as big as 35 pounds. So they're pretty good sized cats. And some individuals can live up to 16 years in the wild. Researchers know this because each year their teeth get an outer layer of cementum, which creates a growth ring. So it's kind of like trees. You can age them by the rings on their teeth. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And some bobcats in captivity have been found to live longer than in the wild. I think a study I was looking at suggested one lived up to 25 years. The Pennsylvania Game Commission mentions in their research that a higher mortality rate among bobcats is seen during their first and second winters because the young cats haven't completely mastered their hunting skills yet. So how about habitat? Bobcats are, believe it or not, rarely seen in the wild. 
Um, so you're wondering where they live? They actually thrive in a wide variety of habitats, and that includes forested mountains, and there's swamps they live around, even agricultural areas, uh, and suburban woodlots. They really do well in remote areas near clear cuts. When an area is clear cut, small mammal populations increase. Therefore, bobcat populations also go up. Yeah, but going back to the actual habitat, I guess some people probably confuse lynx and bobcats. Uh, lynx are primarily from Canada, uh, up in the northern part of North America. Um, turns out they once were here. Uh, you have something on hybridization, right? Um, perhaps the two getting together at some point? Yeah, so in 2003, research scientists confirmed the discovery of hybrids between the wild Canada lynx and bobcats in the Moosehead region of Maine. DNA analysis of hair and tissue samples was done at the USDA Forest Service Genetic Laboratory in Missoula, Montana, and three hybrids were identified in northeastern Minnesota. So these were the first confirmed hybrids outside of captivity. And the DNA studies basically showed that all were the result of matings between female lynx and male bobcats. So creatively, the scientists named the hybrid a blinx. Go figure, right? <laughs> so I really enjoyed uh, doing some research on this particular study about bobcats, especially wondering whether they were actually um, the lynx, as we mentioned before, was here in Susquehanna County. Um, and it definitely was. It turns out the lynx was here. It's uh, not here any longer. But I did find uh, one book called Extinct Pennsylvania Animals, Part 2, by Henry Wharton Shoemaker. Uh, and it mentioned in this book, early settlers in Susquehanna County reported the Canada lynx is fairly plentiful in the lake region of the county. Uh, they also described one instance being recorded of several catamounts, as they're referred to, drowning an aged stag in Silver Lake. Uh, so that was just like a snippet of uh, the clear picture that there was a lynx in the county at one time. Of course, they're no longer here, but I thought that tied in well with um, you know what we found about the bobcat and even lynx hybrid. I don't think there's any hybrids in this state per se. There's definitely some uh, in the northern regions, you know, upper New York. Once it gets closer to that uh, lynx and bobcat territory, where they kind of mesh together. So you're probably wondering with all this talk of bobcats being strictly carnivores, if they're dangerous to humans or not. So you can pour through internet articles in search of this question, and you're definitely going to find instances where bobcats have attacked humans, but in almost every case, the bobcat was rabid or suffered from some other type of illness. So while there have been documented cases of attacks, the situations where they would attack are pretty unlikely. I couldn't find a single instance of human death related to a bobcat attack. In fact, you might live in this county and never see a single bobcat in your life. It's a pretty rare sighting. You ever seen a bobcat? I have, yeah. Yeah, how many? I've actually been fortunate. Um, I've seen quite a few in this county and definitely across the state. I saw one this spring already and I actually saw one from a tree stand in hunting season last year. That was pretty cool. 
I guess I consider myself lucky too. Um, I remember as a kid uh, growing up in Dimmick, I saw one on the road below my parents' house, and in a split second it was gone. You know, just like they are, they're, um, they're quick. And uh, same thing can be said about five years ago, I saw one over towards Elk Lake. I used to have a house over there and just happened to look out the window at the right time and saw one on a stone wall and just like that it was gone. But uh, they're really awesome creatures for sure. Uh, so if you see one of these estimated 4,000 or so bobcats still roaming the woods of the Keystone State, I would say you should consider yourself fortunate to see this majestic and secretive and interesting creature. And remember, the bobcat plays a key role in balancing out the rest of the habitat where it resides. Do we have any events for this week? Yeah, so we have a couple more at Salt Springs State Park. So Saturday, July 18th at 8.30 p.m., they're hosting a star party. So Mike and Mary Sinkovich are hosting the party, and they're hoping to be able to show you Jupiter and Saturn. So they'll begin with a presentation at the Wheaton House, going over tips about telescopes and finding good astronomy resources on the internet, and then you'll end up in the upper field where viewing is ideal. They recommend dressing in warm layers, and all levels of stargazers are welcome. You can bring a cheap flashlight if you want, and they'll help you transform it into a red light with nail polish. As always, total cloud out and rain are unpredictable, so if the weather looks iffy, give the park a call before you head out. The fee is $5 and $15 for families, and members can attend for free. Yeah, Salt Springs is also offering what they're calling a stream stomp for dragonflies. And that's Sunday, July 19th at 1 p.m. And they mentioned learning about living things in the stream. And they're going to look at macroinvertebrates and dragonfly nymphs, or the larvae. Uh, and if you're lucky, you might net some, too. So it sounds like they'll provide the nets. Uh, you're supposed to wear waterproof boots and don't forget your sunscreen. So the fee is $5 per person, families $15, and members are free. Well, I guess that does it for today's show. If you have questions related to our shows, you can contact the Conservation District by calling 570-782-2105. If you missed a portion of today's show, you can go to our website, www.suscondistrict.org, and find our Conservation Corner page with past episodes, links to information about past episodes, and a contact form where you can reach out and ask questions or make comments about the show. You can even suggest ideas for future shows. You have been listening to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Courtney Bronze. And I'm Don Hibbard saying, enjoy the outdoors.